White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. And top of the morning to you there, Holly.、Oh, that's nice. How are you doing? I'm very well. How about yourself? I'm feeling a little rusty on my podcasting skills. I'm feeling a bit rusty all over, to be honest. We've been <laughs> <laughs> we've been really working hard on the dictionary app lately, so we haven't had the same amount of time to dedicate to the podcast.、No. But don't worry, we're still going to、we're、continue here, making them. We are still here, wrapped up like Nanuka Vinoth. <laughs> It's gotten a bit chilly here in Shenzhen over the last few days. As chilly as it can get, which is about, well, in Fahrenheit, maybe it's still warm. Fifty degrees, fifty-five degrees, and sunny. British summertime. Yeah.、Basically. Ring any bells? <laughs> I saw you had your Christmas decorations up. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I need to get into the festive spirit. Christmas isn't really here、mm-hmm. in its true form, but I think. I don't want to ignore it completely, you know. I still feel like I re- I really like getting up on a morning now and like putting the lights on and just sitting for a little bit. And it's there's some I get some sense of peace, you know, peacefulness. I don't、mm. know. It's and it's you know everyone people are contacting me, you know, my mum and dad are sending me pictures. And if I didn't do it myself, a little something, I would feel pretty sad. I think. Yeah, I think. The、yeah. same thing. It's hard because I mean, China has really embraced Christmas, which、mm. is kind of an odd thing.、Mm. I mean, imagine if the U.S. embraced Mooncake Festival <laughs> or something like that. It's really strange that they embrace it, but、um, yeah. they have. So it's everywhere. I mean, they have in their own Chinese、mm. way. So it's everywhere,、yeah. but it's it's not the same. I、no. mean, for me at least, like I used to. Dream of living in sub- the subtropics, and now that I've been doing that for the last five years,、mm-hmm. when it gets cold, I'm actually reminded how nice it is when the seasons change, like、yeah. how your mood kind of switches、That's、and、true. how time kind of passes differently. And I have an excuse to stay in bed for longer.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of an it's it's kind of an odd feeling to pass the holiday seasons abroad. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we have today for news? Okay,、um, do you want to do news first? We're gonna switch it around a bit. Oh, do we have comments? We do. Okay, we let's do. do the comments first. Okay, I'm too impatient. <laughs> okay, so、um, on our、um, episode twenty-seven page, which for those of you who heard it was about LGBTQ. Thank you. <laughs> And、uh, we had someone called Jumu La. I, That's、uh, they, they have a website actually,、um, and he said, "Great podcast. I'm recommending、um, you to my network of China fans and language learners in LA." Ah,、oh, awesome! Which is cool.、Um, and we we had a comment from Kent on our Facebook page, and he said, "Have been enjoying your recent episodes. Great work, ladies.、Uh, can't wait till the till the next one." Chinese myself, I lived in the UK during my early and mid twenties. I'm straight, but I support rights for for people of all sexualities. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on this and related matters. I find it both fascinating and at the same time very accurate. In relation to words in Chinese about homosexuality not carrying any bad meaning, though, I think the word gay in Cantonese, pronounced exactly the same way as English, has become a derogatory word. To、uh, Used to describe homosexuals.、Mm-hmm. This probably has something to do with the way it was first used in the language, probably starting in the 1970s and 80s, Hong Kong. I hope this adds to the discussion. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, I didn't know that either. Um, I was going to... I brought a thought in. Oh, I was actually, I was going to say, um, actually, a lot of people have really enjoyed the last episode. We've oh, got good. a lot of nice feedback and a lot of listeners to this, to that episode. So that's, that's it's a hot hear. topic. I, I think. think so too. It's a bit risky yeah. and people are really curious, I think, about that topic. That's true. Do you have any other, yep. if you have any other questions about topics of this nature or anything, mm-hmm. then again... Just send us in a question. We 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 just love to talk about the interesting parts yeah. about living here, and it, and it really makes us think as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I was just bending down there to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep myself warm with some t- with some hot water. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm I'm totally Chinese now. Yeah, um, drinking hot water time. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, it really when we get questions like this, it really makes me think. Including the question for today, because when I first heard this question, I was like, I don't know anything about this topic. But then I was like, Whoa, okay, actually, I do know a little bit. So anyway, oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm jumping the gun there. So we got another comment from Mark. Mark, Mark, uh, if anyone goes on our Mark Brandt, if anyone goes on our Two White Chicks page, this guy is everywhere, and he's even on Twitter now, like following us on written Chinese and he's it's just him and I going backwards and forwards I don't know if he realizes that actually that it's me (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, he says I really enjoyed the podcast um on on gayness in China I don't know if you can say that but anyway we know we get the point all um Abrahamic religions are or are or were homophobic because of their scriptures but sex is as natural as water (laughs) Fair point. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) Oh, I love Mark. Um, And he's he's a cool little comment we got Um, from Zoran. Oh, Zoran. Yeah, Zoran. Zoran. Yeah, I I actually had to double check, and I was like, is this Zoran? Because I don't have him added on on Facebook. Um, And he says he really enjoyed. He actually says, "I love your episode 30. which was it was all about Chinese schools. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, Zoran is actually a f- Macedonian friend of ours mm-hmm. who used to live here in Shenzhen, but who has since moved back to New Zealand. New Zealand yes. Yeah. Very envious. Yeah, indeed. So how about some news? All right. Okay, so this is a, a, a nice silly story. Uh, this starts with the word humongous, and that was what <laughs> caught me. I was like... That's a great word, so I'm going to go with this article. <laughs> Humongous, 100-year-old python is found slithering oh. around a Yunnan construction site. Oh, oh. So, of that. course, the title, <laughs> pro- like, got got my interest, caught my interest. Um, but the, but uh, this story is interesting itself, but I, I really want you to go to the, to actually see the pictures, because basically the pictures are like a, like a step-by-step of these construction workers and the police chasing, it's almost like chasing a snake around this construction <laughs> yard, construction site. It's just hilarious. You should turn it into so a you comic need to book. See That's what pictures. I'm imagining. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Frame by it's frame. Just, and these like silly, like these guys like with these funny little smiles on their face because they know obviously they're being taken, they're having their picture taken with this ridiculous snake. It's like... It's, it's just comedy. Oh, I want to check that out for sure. So, so here's the story. So construction workers in Yunnan province got a horrifying surprise when they discovered, oh wait, two pythons. <laughs> <laughs> Snaking. I missed that when I first read this article. 
snaking their way around the job site. I, I would love to know where these things came from. Yeah. They say that one of these enormous pythons measured 3.76 meters long. Whoa. That's pretty big. Whoa. What Can we convert that into... That's like... What? Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's basically like two full-grown men stacked on top of each other, <laughs> right? Yeah, for the movie, yeah. Yeah, Something yeah, probably. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they reckon that this, it's estimated to be 100 years old, but there's been a lot of queries to this because um, that would be quite impressive because most pythons only live to be about 20 or 30 years old. Okay. Well, oh. And a record is around 40. So I don't know who aged this python. <laughs> and if it's 100 years old, how come they can, couldn't catch him quicker? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, so the courageous construction team worked with the police to lift the pythons out of the area. Also a great picture. Wow. <laughs> if you've ever seen um, the Disney's uh, Robin Hood you know that strange snake that's like the king's or the prince's like sidekick? Yeah. Obviously on a massive scale, but I just this is what I see when I <laughs> when I was looking at these pictures. This little sneaky snake, but obviously in a massive size. So anyway, the pythons will be released back into the wild. Forest police. Forest, yeah, okay. Are scouting out a suitable natural environment for the snakes. Uh, hopefully as far away from the general population as possible. Uh, the pythons are currently in the reintroduction f- uh, phase, which I guess is reintroducing them into the wild. Okay. okay. But no one knows where they came from. But apparently this is, I, I didn't click, I didn't read the other article, but apparently this has been something that's happened uh, a few times recently. like Snakes? Snakes in like built up areas. Just like randomly, like no one knows where they came from. Well, don't you remember there was that woman who last year released hundreds of poisonous snakes into a public park? No. In Guangdong province? Really? Yeah. I didn't know any of that story. Oh, yeah. And she, so she, she was working for a (laughs) pharmaceutical company and they were extracting the venom from these poisonous snakes, but it was a really painful, you know, it was just basically torture for the snakes and they Mm. would just keep them going on and on and on and keep extracting their venom. And she felt badly for the snakes. So her solution was (sighs) to put them all into a big bag and to drag them into a public park and release them. And she posted these photos of her releasing all these venomous snakes into a park, but she wouldn't, um, first of all, we didn't know who she was and she and we didn't know wh- which park she had released them into. Oh my goodness. So it could have been here in Shenzhen. <laughs> I've seen one snake in a park here. Have you? Yeah, a I don't, poisonous one. I don't think I've seen, I wouldn't even know. Isn't there a, I'm taking this from Peep Show. Oh. There's that, quote and he's and uh superhand says something about if the lines if red light red and black like oh, i should have i should have yeah, found that yeah. quote you know what i'm talking about yeah, right because there's like two species <laughs> of snakes which like they imitate each other right mm. so if they look almost identical but the black they have black white and red right. stripes and then depending on the order i think if red and black are together they're the dangerous ones okay i don't remember i don't but i yeah well, anyway, any any chance we get to reference Peep Show is... <laughs> it's been a lot recently. I watched the last episode last night. Oh, it's released? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I'll definitely be watching that this weekend. 
Yes. So anyway, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's seriously. Yeah. Please look at the pictures. They'll be on um, writtenchinese.com slash episode um, 38. Mm. Or you can, I mean, probably if you just search humongous python, it'll probably come up. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So are we ready for our question? Indeed. So our question this week comes from Alex, right? Yeah. Alex from Montreal. Montreal, yeah. So let's hear what he has to ask us. Hey, two white chicks. This is Alexander from Montreal. Uh, I'm really happy that you're back. And I was wondering, as someone who just started university in fine arts, what's the art scene like in China or like Shenzhen? Is it at all interesting or important? Uh, Do you see a lot of installations or paintings or whatever it is? Anyway, uh, thanks for the podcast and cheers. Okay, thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, great, great question. As I said earlier, when I first heard this question, I was, I just thought, I don't know, I can't answer this question at, at all. Like, I was really worried that, oh, like, like, I just don't know anything about Chinese art. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I don't know a whole lot about traditional Chinese art. It's mostly what I, I've uh, come up, come across is more like modern, modern art. I guess, especially in Shenzhen. Really? Mm. Uh, I know, I know, uh, like, okay, do you, <laughs> shall I just jump in? Yeah, jump. Okay, so um, the first thing I thought about was this area in Shenzhen called OCT Loft. Ah, uh, yes. So it's like a relatively new space that's being created, and it's called the Creative something, right? It's actually got creative in the name, I think. Yeah, I mean, in Chinese, it's called... Uh, creative garden creative garden mm-hmm. yeah and it's but it, it's very much um sort of directed towards de- designers and photographers and things like that and mm-hmm. there are a lot i know there are lots of studios in that area um and also like little private galleries and stuff and uh alex asked if they were if they had installations i know they do definitely have installations in that space mm-hmm um and regular like gallery openings they have a lot of events there although actually i i've never i don't think i've ever been to one have you i've been to one yeah uh but at like a private gallery mm. showing which was really pretty interesting it yeah. was for for local artists nice yeah but it was a right. small i mean it was there were maybe 100 people there yeah. so i mean for china that's a small showing it it is, but I think that I I'm not I've never been to a gallery opening like that or or a an installation or anything. But I feel as though they do tend to keep those things kind of small and intimate, don't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good turnout. It was really cool. It was nice, indeed. Yeah, OCT is a really interesting area. Even mm. the there's have you seen that gym over there? No, I don't think so. Okay, so there's a gym. So the whole area is really. It's got these like low hanging trees mm-hmm. and they do they have like cobblestone yeah. not like it, like brick style. Yeah. It's an odd mix, isn't it? It's like it's very art like it's got like this you can tell it's been designed. It's but it's it's crazy. It's like this mix between modern buildings. Like they were I guess they were old factories, right? And mm-hmm. I think that area was like uh pretty badly like uh De- like destroyed I mm-hmm. think and then they built it up so it's like these all older buildings but they're very they have this factory feel so they're very like straight lines and then there's all these trees and like these cobblestones and metal work like st- it's it's really it's really interesting yeah it's a beautiful beautiful area yeah 
So even the gym over there is, <laughs> the first time I walked past it, I thought it was an art gallery, mm -hmm. but then I saw some guy like pumping iron in the window. Oh, wow. So it's like, basically, <laughs> I don't know who would actually want to work out in there. It looks really cool. It has like these busts of, you know, I don't know, Atlas and, you know, these very mm -hmm. famous Grecian, okay, you yeah. know, busts. <laughs> replicas and then it's got like it kind of looks like an art museum mixed with a library mixed with a gym and all around it are glass windows so you can like look inside it's one one floor and you can just look inside and see people working out wow. but it's really odd it's really so it's like a very artsy gym right <laughs> a Nazi gym for the egotist, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, because I mean, who would really? Because you're on the know. ground level; it's just one floor, so everybody walking by can just look <laughs> over at you, pumping iron. You're just basically <laughs> on display. You're part of the art. I think. Well, I guess that. Yeah, I mean, I guess from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Like that's what it's about, isn't it? Becoming part of the art. In a way, that whole area is like an, a piece of art. In mm -hmm. a way. Even the Starbucks they snuck in mm -hmm. over there is a really cool looking Starbucks. Snuck in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Shenzhen in general, I mean, okay, so Alex asked, like, is is it interesting or important? Is fine art, are fine arts interesting or important? And I would say in China in general, maybe not so much mm -hmm. when you compare it to other major let's say Western cities, art is still, I mean, it's a very risky profession to take if you want to have a financial, you know, some kind mm. of financial security. So a lot of, most parents will discourage their children from being serious about yeah. um, participating in arts of any kind, whether it be, I mean, you said fine, fine arts, I guess that's kind of general. Music, for some reason, tends to be more acceptable. Yeah. Like, Chinese parents do tend to push their kids mm -hmm. to do, especially traditional music and piano, like yeah. traditional Chinese musical instruments, like the guzheng, which is like this massive, it's basically like a harp, yeah. but it's on its side, and it's got very like typical Chinese sound to mm. it. But as far as visual arts, I think it's pretty discouraged here, just because... Yeah. It's not a, let's say, safe career choice. Mm. And let's remember that um, although Chinese, the one-child policy is, has been abolished, the kids that are growing up nowadays are only children and they have to support their parents. And then if they're male, they support the grandparents on both sides. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of responsibility. So I'd say in general, fine arts are not really in the focal point of China. Mm. Like it's not very important um but that in shenzhen so shenzhen has been named china's city of design oh really yeah so you can see i mean it's still a work in progress of course it's a massive city but you can see a lot of work that has been done in the visual you know like the center of the city has this massive the civic center has this massive yes, very true. artistic looking mm. building and a lot of the buildings that are popping up everywhere do have some kind of artistic relevance and yeah. they do put installations outside like sculptural installations and stuff yeah i think a lot of the um architects who are involved in those buildings are maybe from the west i've met a lot of architects here 
Yeah, there are a lot of architects. So, I mean, I don't know for sure if that particular building, because it's got that cool, yeah, wave, mm -hmm. like, roof. I don't know if that was designed by a foreigner, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised. See, this is the thing, like, I'm I'm hoping, and it's, it's kind of disappointing in China, like, all of this money that they have now, and they still haven't really... I don't see a sense of style here, like, mm. um in terms like original something that's really chinese you know like some kind of a i don't see an emergence of like a chinese art renaissance like either they have their ancient chinese art so you have those um oil i don't know if it's oil, ink paintings where it's it's usually on a white canvas yeah. most of it is white but then they use black paint primarily to create like a lot of it is like horses and moving objects shrimp are really yeah. popular to do and um, birds and mm -hmm. fish and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure you've seen those arts. Which which is to me what I think about when I think about more like traditional Chinese artwork. But I don't know anything about, I don't know the specifics about that art. I mean, I, I agree, like talking about the horses and there are always like these same like, I, like icons, I guess, within that art. And maybe that's still like, um, like you were saying about it's not, uh, parents wouldn't encourage their kids to, to, to be or to create uh, art in general, I think. But if their kids are do show any sign of creativity, it's very much like uh, they channel it in a way, I mm -hmm. think. And I had a student a couple of years ago, and he was very artistic. Artistic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But he had art classes, but his art, the art he created was traditional Chinese art. Yeah, they it was really very beautiful, respect, actually. Yeah. I was I was really, like, impressed by what he had created. But it was, you know, it was flowers and leaves and things like that. Not really what a, a young boy of 10 or 11 would, I think, be drawing. Right, they're just, like, recreating ancient, ancient art. Stuff. And yeah, the same with right. the calligraphy, too. So there's, there's a lot of respect and... <laughs> Um, stud deep study of Chinese calligraphy. Mm. But what I'm talking about is more the emergence of something original that expresses the new Chinese identity. And yeah. I still haven't seen does that, much of that. Does that exist? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, Chinese identity in general? or even Yeah, more. yeah, right, kind of. Yeah, I think maybe people are, like Chinese people are still trying to figure out who they are. We're, we're still in the very early stages. Like China is still basically, I see as an adolescent, um, it's developing rapidly, but there's a long way for it to go in terms of these kind of finer, let's say, finer things. Yeah. So it, in terms of the, in like being interesting or important, I'd say Shenzhen is probably the city that lays the most emphasis on it, just because it has that <clears throat> title of the city of design. But in general, there isn't a whole lot going on here in terms of new. Mm -mm. Um, you know, Chinese, like true to yeah. to Chinese identity art. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking of rep, like repeating like traditional art, um, Shenzhen has Dafen Oil Painting Village, oh, okay. which is I actually uh, I found a video. I think maybe maybe I can share it if I find it. It was from the BBC. It was like a very very short, like three or four minute. Um, documentary about about the village and it's basically it ha it uh, exports the largest amount uh, most amount of replica paintings in the world or something oh something it has some crazy title like that 
Um, but that's, it's still an interesting place to visit, even though most of the art that's created there is, they're just replicas of, um, not, it's not even Chinese art. It's a lot of like, it's like the money and the Mona Lisa and stuff like that. But they are very good replicas. Oh, they are, they are, they are. And it's nice to be able to go out there because it's quite far out. Um, but well worth like a visit just to like wander around because it does still have like some artistic feel about it um, and you can watch those artists like paint mm -hmm. and you can just go and you can talk to them if you want and um, there are some original galleries over there like studios um, but yeah, it's mostly just replicas mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah yep it's interesting because I feel like, especially this China, this generation of Chinese youth, they there's so there must be so much going on under the surface. Mm. They must have so much, you know. There's all that pressure on them to to compete in school and then get a job and then get married and have kids. There must be a lot of emotion that's suppressed beneath the surface that mm. would really benefit from some kind of an artistic, you know, being able to express themselves artistically. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. But I feel like that channel really hasn't been explored much. Yeah. So I don't know, they just seem to just take everything in stride and just keep mm. it all under the surface. So, yeah. so it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm, I hope that they will find their voice and uh, we will start seeing some more interesting. I mean, there are hints that it's going to yeah. happen. The emergence of places like OCT here in Shenzhen, where it is, you know, it's like art friendly area. Yeah. I mean, there are some artisans that make hand, like handmade jewelry. Oh and yeah, definitely. In the open air market. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if we want to expand that topic, like not just being fine art, like paintings and things, but yeah, there's actually handicrafts. Uh, are definitely something uh, that's growing in popularity here in China. It's really, I mean, you can buy a lot of materials to make your own things and sell them on Taobao, yeah, or on these markets. Mm -hmm. Amazing things too, like lovely earrings and, yeah, like you said, jewelry mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, actually, when I was um, uh, when I was looking for the story for today, when I found the Python story, I actually found mm -hmm. a story about some art students in Hangzhou. Um, and it's you sh you need to look at this to really see what they've created um but it's it's actually a tradition that they do every year and they make art uh from dead leaves oh it's really nice like um so the pictures they have was of a, a man which is is kind of creepy um it's it's like a 6 foot man created from leaves um wow. but they've made a pyramid and they made uh i thought it was a whale but when i looked they said it was a giant fish Anyway. Oh. And they'd created like uh, toadstools oh, and cool. uh, there was something else. Oh, like a speakers, like a loudspeaker. It was really nice. So how are they? I mean, are these strung from the ceiling or something or how are they? The, how are they I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure. I didn't. F I just looked at the pictures, to be honest, because I was like, wow, this is really nice. Um, but the the article, I'll put the link on, of the article on the cool. on episode 38. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure how they how they do it, but yeah, there's something that they it's become a tradition. Basically, it, this is uh, the China Academy of Art in Hangzhou. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, nice. Yeah, well, I hope to see more of 
of those kind of mm-hmm. things. Because, yeah, I feel like China is just dying to find their identity in, in various fields, and one of that being the arts. I think so. Music is the same. Like, we've had, we've <laughs> talked about yeah. that as well. Like, uh, with the Chopstick Brothers, they're, I think that's the first, I've, I feel like that's the first time that I've seen, like, really Chinese music. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in this new era, something that's um, distinctly Chinese and also original. Yeah. And kind of quirky. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a little bit about that. I think your newsletter this week was, was about... Xiaopingguo. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little apple. I'm, you're my little apple. Yeah. So I'm really hoping to see in the visual arts some similar kind of sprouts mm-hmm. of of originality and and real expression. Yeah. I think that that kind of originality only comes from a set like a very tiny minority of of Chinese of the Chinese people that have just. I, I think in order to do that, they've probably have to, had to like cast off a lot of uh, traditional Chinese values. I think, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't want to go into it too much, but for example, like Ai Weiwei has created some amazing pieces of art, but of course, that's come with a lot of controversy. So, yeah, and I found that that's a good point too. Is that um, there was an exhibit here at the Shen, uh, what, so Shenzhen has three art museums. And at one of them, I remember going to see an exhibition where it was Chinese women that had moved abroad and become artists. And the art mm. that they created was really interesting. Yeah. But I feel like almost that if they had stayed in China, maybe they wouldn't have created that. Maybe mm. being in the West, being influent, like having that freedom to mm. express yourself in that visual, in a, such a visual way, really encouraged them to open up and. Yeah create whereas if they're here it's just not really part of the societal norm to delve deep into your right. you know find your inner demons and um and so i i'm curious to know whether or not those women would have actually created those pieces had they not left china yeah absolutely yeah but actually uh there's the i still haven't visited it i think i guess it's that gallery that's near your home right it's near OCT. No, yeah, yeah, near OCT. Uh, I still haven't visited, but um, Barrett, uh, my other half, he, him, and his mom visited there. She, she visited last last summer, I think, and they went. Um, and there was, she, he said, there was a. It was about advertisements. Um, hmm. I can't remember exactly what the the nature of the advertisements were, but he said it was really great. The what do you call it? The collection. Permanent collection mm. is basically all the similar. It's just like calligraphy yeah. and I I, I hesitate is, to say I don't want to say it's just calligraphy or <laughs> just ancient Chinese art. It's just you when you see that repeated, mm-hmm. you know, art. I, I don't know. This this could be a big topic, but oh, to yeah. me, you know, when I go to a gallery, I want to see something. I want to feel. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to see something new. Mm-hmm. But the so the Chinese art, I feel like once you've seen 500 paintings that look similar, yeah. it's hard to get excited. Even if the technique is flawless, it's still hard right. to get excited about that. It's because it's so similar. Yeah. Mm, so the permanent collection there, even though that's it's near OCT, it's a nice art museum. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't have a whole lot of originality to it. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll see this scene grow. Yeah, I hope so. That yeah, the 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 little I've only ever been to a small gallery 
slash museum. Um, but that was a lot of calligraphy. And mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue that because I can't read it, the meaning is lost on me. But I don't feel like you need to understand art to appreciate it. You can, I mean, there are lots of pieces of um, like modern art. You know, I've been to the Tate, the Tate Modern and spent hours in there and maybe not understood what the artist was trying to get at, but I can still be like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> I think the calligraphy is less about what the actual message is mm. and more about how the perfectly style. the... Because, oh. you know, mm. with those, a lot of those calligraphy, you don't get a second chance. I mean, you, the artist only <laughs> right. has... You know, with oil painting, you can kind of, like, blend things this way, mm. you know, like, change direction, you can draw a bush. It too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with Chinese art, it's white paper, so the artist really only has, like, one chance Mm -hmm. to make it. And so when the calligraphy, when you see it's so – first of all, the proportion has a lot to do with it. So when the proportion is so unbelievably um, precise, that's – I feel like that's the more – that's the thing that impresses people the most. But, again, that being said, it's – yeah, it's more about the technique and less about the actual, like, visual appeal of the art. yeah. It's like the the monks in uh, Lindisfarne. There's it's uh, there's Lindisfarne is a an island uh, in the north of England, and it it's uh it's called Hol- Holy Island is the the place. But there were monks there, and they were writing like they were creating like the uh, scriptures, like Bible, the Bible, I guess. And if they made a mistake, they would just have to like start again, <laughs> like oh. start the whole book again. <laughs> Could you imagine oh, that? It man. just made me think about that. I was I watched a documentary. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is impressive. I'm not definitely not arguing yeah. that. But you've tried calligraphy, haven't you? It's something I, I haven't I've yet to try. I did try it, yeah, and there's I wrote an article on writtenchinese.com. Mm-hmm. So if you keyword search calligraphy, I'm sure you'll find it. Definitely. And you can see me with a Shufa, who's a, a master of calligraphy, who I was filmed on mm-hmm. TV going over for, for my first time ever holding a brush. Um, and I took... I took class over there just for a few weeks, though, because it only lasted a few weeks, and I learned the basics. And I found it very soothing. I really like, I do appreciate and respect calligraphy mm. for sure, but I don't see it as the same kind of art as, um, I don't know. I just don't, It's to me, it's just more about technique. It's like, it's like comparing mathematics to yeah. art. So mm-hmm. there is, there is, there's just no expression of the actual artist, I feel, in those paintings it's more about just being able to you know you know perfectly write it in a stylized way but i don't i don't feel like the artists themselves are saying anything and maybe that's not the point maybe i just don't get it but um i'm just looking forward to seeing a more i don't know a louder expression of the chinese spirit in art in the coming years Mm. yeah i think there is a bit of like apprehension isn't there about those about, yeah, about ex- expression, it's not really, not, I don't want to say it aloud, but it's definitely challenging, ch- ch- channeled, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> channeled into different areas mm-hmm. instead of art. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Alex, mm-hmm. I hope we answered your question. Yeah. And I have a Chinese word for you that's art and it's yi shu. So if you want, cool. you can learn yi shu and Holly will put the link oh. on 
episode slash 38. So writtenchinese.com slash episode 38. And mm-hmm. if you're learning Chinese, don't forget to check out our Chinese dictionary. If you have an iOS or Android phone, just type in WCC dictionary. WCC is writtenchinese.com. That's our little acronym that we use. Mm-hmm. And you will find it and you'll find lots of free stuff that go with that. That sounded really spammy, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a, sp- a spiel. <laughs> I know, but we're working really hard on it, and I just want you guys to know that it's out there, and that's what we're doing when we're not doing yeah. the podcast. So if you like the show and you're learning Chinese, please check it out and see for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so um, before we before we leave you, um, I would like uh, to mention that if anyone, if you're really enjoying the podcast, um, maybe you could leave us a review in iTunes. Oh, yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a link on the writtenchinese.com slash episode 38 page. You can just click on there and do your thing. I know it's not that easy, but we would really appreciate it. Because then if the more people leave us reviews, then the more people will find us. Mm-hmm. And we can spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, stay warm, everybody. Have a great week, and we will mm-hmm. see you next time. Yeah, definitely. Bye. Bye. Bye.